I count you when we start, or you yeah. uh, you want to do some other bullshit? What else could we do? I really don't think there's anything we're else. Already we're already here. Just stalling. We're on the precipice. Here we go. I'm getting a tattoo on Sunday. Hold on, I'm going to put on some chapstick before we do this. Okay. I heard your lips are chapped. It sounds like a big bag of rustling leaves. You're you're a good friend. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you, but your gross dry lips sounded like you were talking through a big bag of dry leaves. I wasn't going to tell you, but I heard an audible difference on your audio-only podcast. Yeah, it was very clear to me how bad and dry and chapped your bad lips were. Cool. Tonight, on the season finale of Zero Credits, all of your answers will be questioned. Will we finally find out who the killer is between Henry and John? Yes, we will. That and a ton of special guests and some very exotic music piped in all the way from the internet. We've got it all for you tonight on the season finale, season five finale of Zero Credits, starting after this break. Oh, we're not we're not going to break, Henry. We we didn't we didn't queue up anything for the break. We didn't queue up anything for the we break. Didn't queue up anything for the break. You ad lib the break. You ad lib the break. We're still rolling, then. Yeah. Great. Perfect way to start season finale of season five of zero credits. Uh, so I guess I should roll into the intro then. Yeah, roll into the intro. Listen, we don't have anything queued up. You just gotta roll with it. You just gotta you just gotta keep going. Okay, well, here we go. We can save it, though. We all we got all that stuff. We got the mysteries. All that stuff. We still got it. Just later. We still have it? Yeah, we no, we, have, we still have it. We just didn't have anything for the break. No, we didn't have anything for the break. But we still have the whole killer thing. Like, who's the killer? It's going to be great. Right. Okay. So, should I just... We, I mean, we should just go? Yeah, just go. All right, tell me when. Now. Now, when you say now, now is when the break is starting, or no, no, no. There's no break. To be clear, I mean now you should start the podcast. Oh, but I already started the podcast with the intro. So you should start the introduction of the actual podcast, not the introduction of the podcast. Okay. So, okay. Just let me know when the break is over. Okay. So the break never began, and it will never end because it doesn't exist. Well, that sounds really bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad that you threw us to a break that we didn't have queued up. Well, that's crazy. 
Yes. Do I have time to drink this? Uh, no. There's no break. You really gotta go. Oh, like now? Yeah, now. Is this all we have, by the way? What? Um, I'm drinking a... It says Zevia. You're drinking a Zevia? Zero calorie soda, caffeine-free, cola, naturally flavored. Is this all we got? Uh, I think it's all we had in the green room. We didn't okay. do craft services for 250. Wow, that's surprising. Supply chain all issues. Right. So let me know when uh, we're gonna start. Yeah, start now. Yeah, just give me like a, a quick, you know, that's a heads up when we're going live. Hey Henry, heads up. What's up? We are live and have been live for three and a half minutes. That's insane. I don't think that's true. Uh, it, it is true. I'm the producer for a reason. Oh, you're the producer? <laughs> yeah, I'm the producer of 250. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Uh, let me just, I'm just going to take a quick sip and we'll get right into it. Yeah, just take your sweet time. Mmm. What's in this? Stevia, I think. Stevia leaf extract. It's naturally flavored by your own admission. Yeah, that said that on the can. It says live your best right above nutrition facts. Read the... <laughs> have the court stenographer read back uh, your statement. You said it was naturally flavored. These are your words, sir. It's non-GMO project verified. Yeah, not a single GMO. We really need to get the podcast off the ground today. Oh, you don't think this is good content? No, we really need to get going. You think I should say, like, the words that I say? Yeah, that would be great. You, you think I should do something a little like, Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's The Killer John. Fuck! <laughs> and together we're Henry, and that's right, John was the killer all along. Big reveal that was. Coming right at you to discuss the cultural happenings out of that there zeitgeist and possibly kill you. Man. But, oh, for legal reasons, that's a joke. We had a whole thing. We had an mm. arg. Yeah, we had a whole arg going on. We had a we had a meta Oculus 2 arg that people would have downloaded. Uh, for the folks at home, we are not mispronouncing arc. We, we actually had a whole augmented reality game just ready to go but john just spoiled the whole thing wow yeah we did have a lot of arcs within the arg we called them the arg arcs yeah the arg arcs we had multiple arg arcs the biggest one being the uh the one in st louis yeah there was a huge one in st louis there was a big one in uh yeah. france too specifically the arg arc arch is what i'm talking about yeah and i'm talking about the arg Arc Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, exactly. So we had multiple Arc Arc Arches, and uh, that's all gone now. But hey, welcome to episode 250 of the Zero Credits Podcast. You did it. You made it this far. Yes, you listened to all 250 episodes in preparation for this very moment, and we salute you. Yes, we salute you, and let's just celebrate. Let's think of things, you know, we have now done more episodes than pretty much everything that ever existed, right? Yeah, this is uh, more than The Simpsons, for sure. Right, I, we can say that. We could say that without, without doubt in our hearts. Yeah, there's no doubt in our hearts that we produced more podcast episodes than The Simpsons. Um, more podcasts than Law & Order. Right. 
I always think Seinfeld for some reason had like a large number of, of episodes or something. Um, so I was, I'm always just like, how many episodes of Seinfeld had? Cause you know, surely we've eclipsed them by now. They only had 180, those weaklings. Wow. Weak. Very weak. Very weak. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we've eclipsed them. We've eclipsed MASH and the Simpsons and Family Guy, all the shows that are still running today. Uh, we're, we're surpassed them in quality and quantity. To be clear, The Simpsons has 717 episodes. Doe. And counting. Yeah. So I guess we can never stop until we eclipse The Simps. Yeah, we have to eclipse The Simps. Eclipse The Simps. That's the yeah. new name of the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Season six, coming in hot. New name, Eclipse The Simps. Yeah, Zero Credits presents, Colin, the Eclipse the Simps arc. <laughs> arg, it's, arc, arg. Well, it's actually an arc of args with contained arcs. That's right. Arc, arg, arcs. Right. And that's going to be the whole season six, uh, which you, you guys know our seasons run 50 episodes. So by the end of season six, we will have eclipsed eclimp- the number of Simpson episodes there are. Yes. We will have eclipsed the Simps. Uh, that's so many seasons from now. I mean, so many episodes because it will be one, of course, one extremely long season. Oh no, no! So we're gonna do it in fifty. We're gonna be efficient. <laughs> so our metric is number of episodes produced, and in fifty produced episodes, we will have produced five hundred episodes. Every episode is ten episodes. Yeah, we're going to really, it's just going to be, our, our, our dear fans, we love them so much, they're going to have whiplash uh, with the amount of coverage we're, we're giving each of the, these, the, the stories we cover, we're going to be going so fast, it's going to feel, every episode's going to feel like 10. Yeah, every episode's going to feel like 10, every one of those 10 episodes, you know, we're short on time, so we'll just say, we'll do the intro to the podcast, we'll say, thank you for joining us at Wait, Eclipse. we haven't done the intro to the podcast yet? No, in these upcoming oh. episodes, we would introduce the podcast, say Eclipse the Simps, and then we would say each one word that's in the news, and then optionally a slur, and then the end of the podcast. Why would we say a slur? I hear it's really hot to do in podcasting right now. Oh, yeah. If you're judging by the number one listen podcast at all time, slurs are hot right now. <laughs> slurs are so hot right now. Good thing we don't want to be them. Good thing we've got our own thing going on. And good thing this is episode 250 of Zero Credits. Now, the only thing that would take the wind out of my sails for glorious episode 250, a milestone, years in the making, would be if it happened to coincide with a thing that for some reason we talk about every year on the podcast and grow increasingly disinterested in. Yeah, here's the thing. So for those of you who might not have known, because apparently 50% of the people in the country do not watch the big game, the big game happened very recently, and this would be the episode that we sort of cover it, Um, but what John said... Yes, uh, it is. Uh, we are we are honor bound to discuss the big game. Both it's uh, the game itself and its many very expensive commercials. 
I used to, I, and I think we discussed this before. I think we've come to the same conclusion that I, that if we did this normally, I would come to this time. So I'm going to undercut myself and just say it at the top. I used to think the commercials used to be how to get like a pulse, sorry, how to get a finger on the pulse of where corporate America thinks we're at, you know, like this is corporate America's one chance to shape the zeitgeist through these commercials that over half of the nation watches. But the same conclusion is made every year that no, that's not what it is. It's just a bunch of blind guesses because corporate America has no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I, I feel like at one point our thesis that this was like a dipstick into the mind of corporate America uh, held true. But I don't I don't know that that is true anymore. No, I, I don't even know if it's worth actually covering, but we're honor bound. We do it every year. I just feel like I, my heart's not in it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, once we get into, listen, we can break it up. We can talk about the game, which everyone loved and was really fun to watch. And then that we was can, a good game. Then we can talk about the ads, which was really fun and everyone loved to watch. Contrary to the belief of the attitude of the people in the room that we were watching the big game with, that was actually a pretty good, the big game, comparing it to other years. Comparing it to any big game in which the the Patriots play, yes. Yeah, it was exciting. They were going back and forth with the score for a little bit there. A lot of really good defensive play. And then in the end, uh, you know, one team won and the other team went home with nothing. It's a lot like watching like regular football. Uh, Just your regular football game where it's not like, typically speaking, not like a huge blowout, but there's fun back and forth and... And every year, it, it always sort of happens that the uh, the regional championship games are more exciting than the final big game of it all, because uh, there's more there's more rivalry at the the regional level because those are teams that have played each other before. Whereas in the big game, it's it's the best of one division versus the best of another division. And maybe they've never even played before. So they don't even, they don't know, you know, apparently all the games leading up to the NFC championships were like super interesting and really fun to watch a lot. uh, There was a, a, um, a consensus brewing. I was like, well, cancel the big game and let's just do a series of that last game because it was so exciting. It's interesting to me that this happens pretty much every year unless you get a big game that's like a real uh anomaly a real blowout you have a lot of people uh who don't watch a lot of football myself included uh who take to social media and bemoan the fact that it was a boring game and i have news for you football's kind of a boring sport most sports on most days are actually pretty boring yeah I- I can't argue with that because if you take just at face value, if you're coming into a sport blind, you could pick any one of these sports. You could pick like even hockey or soccer, baseball, even NASCAR. Like if you're just looking at it, it is kind of boring. Yeah, but I mean the the true enjoyment of it. So a sport that I enjoy, right? 
uh, is Formula One. And I think that anyone watching Formula One would think it's the stupidest, most boring, esoteric thing in the world. But when you actually understand, like, the rules and the systems at play, it becomes a very interesting thing to watch. Yeah, exactly. Each sport grows exponentially more exciting as your knowledge of the sport grows. That's just a, it's a big ask because you don't have to understand anything about like Star Wars going into it. Yeah, the only thing you need to understand is Kiati Mundi and the Night Sisters. Those are the two facts you need to know. Yeah, and you, you can even watch like, uh, I don't know, a series on Disney Plus. And then they introduce a really cool character, and you're like, man, that guy's really cool. They never even gave him a name or anything. And then you go online, and they say, oh, man, oh, it's so cool seeing that character in live action after all these years uh, of seeing them in a, as a cartoon. You're like, oh, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that Wookiee. Him, too. Oh, we're, you were talking about someone else. Boba Fett. Oh, you're right. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. So good to see him in flesh and bone and never wearing a helmet. Never, never wearing a helmet. Listen, Tamira Morrison's going to get paid. And he's going to get paid for that face. You're going to get paid for that face, yeah. I, uh, let's not All talk about Book say. of Boba Fett because this is some we of can't. the most uh, disgusting Star Wars discourse I've seen in a long time happening on my feed. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of horrible things happening. And let's just, we can just say it right now. There's nothing wrong with colorful bikes and blasters. Okay, we said it. We're moving on. I'll make an additional point. And this is, uh, I, I think, an objectively true statement. And people need to accept it. Star Wars was, is, and always will be for children. Oh, like I love Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is like my favorite thing. But like, don't approach it with the eye of someone who's like, oh, a character did a spin. Robert Rodriguez should never touch Star Wars again. Motherfucker, people have done spins in Star Wars forever. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi does a spin in the first movie for no reason during the super weird low energy fight that he has with Darth Vader. These things are made for kids. They're not made to make sense. Like, shut up. Stop trying to be mad about things. Go home. Exactly. I hate this. Okay. Let's get back to the reason why we're here. Episode 250 and the big game commercials. Big game. Big game commercials. These star-studded affairs full of hastily written, horribly contrived plots, question mark? Most of the time, it's just a, a celebrity holding a product. Let's, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, you want if you were to boil it down, yes. I don't know. Should we talk about the bad or the good first? Um, we can. We have the same list pulled up. Would it be too hack to steal from CBS News's list and just like they stole that list from someone else. That list comes from like Kellogg or something. Do you just want to like read through the brands in order? It's apparently the Kellogg School. Have you ever heard of the Kellogg School? I have no idea what the Kellogg School is. I can only imagine it's a place where people go to uh 
make cereal? They, it can't be like that other Kellogg school for the cornflakes guy who gave all those people enemas. Was that to also curb sexual desire? It was. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Because if you have to poop. <laughs> if you it's... have to poop, you're not going to kiss. Yep. Gross. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can just steal from them. Because th- I, I honestly, I tried to pay attention to these commercials. And, and a lot of the times, like, I try to, like, really focus on them and pay attention. I couldn't this year. I don't know what's going on. I really just couldn't focus at all. I mean, I, I paid attention to some of them, but for the most part, some of them just kind of slid off my back like water off a goose. Yeah, I mean, I remember one in particular just because I like the novelty of it. Because it, it was in the spirit of, like, an Oatly making sort of, like, a bad commercial on purpose yes Um, only it wasn't a bad commercial it just really wasn't a commercial at all yeah of course yeah you you know what i'm talking about right absolutely uh what order do we want to tackle these in best to worst because i want to be clear this list is ordered best to worst i'm gonna put my own little spin on it i've created my own rating system based on the game of football Okay, sure. Why not? So uh, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be grading things on the gridiron with John. With John. That sounds like a good segment. I'm going to put some music here. We don't have to not talk. (laughs) I don't know why I thought we had to not talk, but let's get into it. (laughs) Yeah, let's start. Kick us off, Mr. Gridiron. Uh, Let's let's just go with the, the ones we probably remember the most, which are the ones that the Kellogg School considers to be the best Amazon Alexa. Oh, yes, this was the Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson, famous married couple, and the conceit was that the new Alexa can read your mind, and it had very humorous mind-reading things that interrupted the flow and the action of what was happening. All in all, pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny. I couldn't get over the fact that uh, Scarlett Johansson is married to Colin Jost, which is a thing I found out about that night. And it oh has God. haunted me since. Yeah, they got married a while back, uh, like a year or so ago, maybe two. But uh, it is fascinating to find out that Colin Jost, who uh, by all reports might be what you would consider the most attractive person in a six-man improv troupe, which is to say, <laughs> you know, yeah, but he's not competing with much. <laughs> he's definitely improv troop hot you're right yeah and then you got scarlett johansson who's a literal movie actress actor but like emphasis on the s uh and yeah and a very attractive lady and it's kind of like well how did you two meet besides saturday night live i i think what they maybe had in common i don't know when they got married but scarlett johansson uh very commonly has been accused of taking roles uh that whitewash Asian roles, such as Ghost in the Shell, and Colin Jost looks like someone who would trick you into whitewashing his fence. 
<laughs> He's a regular old Tom Sawyer, that that little Colin Jones. Yes. And for the last time, she's playing a robotic shell. It can look like anything. I know. Uh, yeah, I hate it. I love Scarlett Johansson. I don't particularly like Colin Jost. Um, okay, but so how does this rate on your gridiron grading system? Oh, I think it was pretty funny. Didn't like Colin Jost. I'm going to call this a first and ten. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm going to call this. I'm going to call this a snapback. <laughs> What's a snapback? Like, I'm going to call. Hold on. <laughs> Need to look up a glossary of football terms. Oh my gosh. What a this is you know amazing. what funny? Not as funny as it could be. I'm gonna call this a point after touchdown. You know, I actually like that because it's it's it is kind of worth like one point. Yeah, it's worth a point. It's worth a point. Uh what else do I remember? Why is Planters on this list? Did we miss a Planters commercial? I think that one was Ken Jong. Oh, in it maybe. All right, we're focusing on ones we remember. So, um... BMW was that the <laughs> Zeus one? I think it was. Uh, we can talk about the Zeus one electric car. There were a lot of electric car commercials. Yeah, uh, I there was a, a user on uh, Reddit by the name of Turtle Harry, Tuttle, Tuttle Harry, uh, who posted on the R Shower Thoughts subreddit just the following sentence. If Super Bowl ads are an indicator of trends for the future, we will all be driving electric cars purchased with crypto while holding a seltzer beer really <laughs> soon. I mean, I am holding a seltzer beer right now. I am not. I sw- I finished my Zevia and I've I've started drinking a smuggled in Coke Zero. I, I'm certainly. I don't know. I I'm excited for driving electric cars. I think those are the future. We'll maybe talk about cryptocurrency a little bit later. Yeah, I, I like the the you know the focus on electric cars. It's pretty cool, and I also like. Uh, for the first time, I saw ads for, like, the wall charger that you'll need to charge your electric car in your home. Indeed. I So, for the BMW one, uh, I I love anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Uh, like a lot of the Super Bowl things, its Th- messaging, it didn't was, make sense its to messaging me. was very muddled. It was super confusing. It's So, the conceit of the commercial is Zeus and Athena have retired to Palm Springs... I'm going to guess Florida. California. California. They've. All right. So, yeah, they retired to California. Zeus is kind of like caught up on the ennui of retired life. But people keep asking him to charge stuff. And to me, it seemed like that was really what was bumming him out. Yeah, he hated having to charge his neighbor's weed eater. Right. He hated that. Some people needed a phone charge, what have you. Like, to me, that's. What it felt like was the message, but then Athena gets him an electric car. Selena, not Selena Gomez, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? Selma Hayek, right? Yeah. Selma Hayek playing Athena gets Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Zeus. An electric car, and now he's excited? Is it because it charges itself? I mean, 
I mean, everything he charges charges itself. I think he just kept being asked to do that. And then he was like charging things happily while he was walking down, while they were driving down the street. So I don't know what to read into it. I, it's like, they they got three-fourths of the way there, John. This was like a, a real fourth and long situation. Yes, football. <laughs> yeah, it's really a fourth and short situation. Like, it was fourth down with one yard to go, and like they snapped it, but then the defense just, like, crowded them, and they couldn't, they couldn't clinch it. So it's like, is there a word for a play that doesn't gain any ground? Yeah, it's like a no yardage. Yeah, this was a real no yardage for me. Yeah, exactly. I like the idea of electric vehicles, and I think they're they're pretty cool, and most certainly the future, especially with like rising gas prices from the supply chain messing up my my monthly budgets recently. But uh, I just think the messaging could be clear. Are we supposed to be excited about charging them or not? Are we supposed to be angry Zeus or happy Zeus? Yeah, I just need a little bit more clarity. <laughs> uh, now, of course, in this list uh, is uh, we're we're going to get to the one in a second. But the Doritos yeah. slash Cheetos. That one was fun. Commercial was fun. Animal, listen, it's a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. Someone yeah. drops Doritos and Cheetos. Animals eat the Doritos and Cheetos, and then they beatbox happily. And yeah. then the the person's like, give me back my Doritos. And the sloth is like, no way. And the sloth moves real fast. Yeah. It, this is your classic. Let's just have some fun. We got some colorful animals. We're going to make them look fine. No celebrities, by the way. Yes, I, I really appreciate the total lack of celebrities. And I think the Doritos Cheetos commercial is good because, you know, when you design kitchen appliances, if you're a good designer, you're supposed to like grease up your hands and try to operate the kitchen appliances with your non-dominant hand. Because like if someone has rheumatoid arthritis, you're like something that causes weakness of the hands. You need to simulate how tough it would be to use it, right? That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you want to try to cast a wide enough functionality net so that most people, if not all, can use your product. And I think Doritos and Cheetos really hit the nail on the head of Super Bowl advertising where you have to make a commercial where you assume the person watching it has had a frontal lobotomy. Exactly. This has got to appeal... To the smartest of the smarties and the dumbest of the dummies, and bright, colorful animals beatboxing to eating chips is just that's it. That's that's the dopamine we crave. Yeah, nothing to be lost in translation, no complicated Zeus thing. I feel like it it knew what it was doing and it did it well. Yeah, this was a series of very safe running plays with each play getting 10 yards or a threshold of downs that ends up with a big, uh, not a big, but a very safe pass into the end zone. Yes, this is a clean pass into the end zone, Doritos and Cheetos. Exactly. I appreciate the assist with the football analogies. I'm here to help, my friend. Um, also from this list is Uber Eats, uh, Greg from... Succession, Succession and uh, the that one lady from the White Lotus and uh, Legally Blonde. Uh, 
I didn't recognize these people. What's her name? She's so funny. I love her to death. Brooke Shields. <laughs> Hold on. Look it up. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh. So funny. So good. Uh, central premise. Uber Eats now delivers groceries, a.k.a. don't eats like sponges and dish detergents. So it had a lot of fun celebrities yeah. eating prop food, including Cousin fun. Greg pretending to chug uh dawn soap yeah it's pretty fun it's like, but it fun. says eats it says eats on the bag which is like that so so this this is when you're when when a marketing decision you're making doesn't make sense like you've called your product uber eats but now they're going to deliver things that you don't eat when it doesn't gel yeah you just make you point it out and then you make fun of it and everyone kind of laughs along and then they just if you're they're laughing they're also accepting the fact that it doesn't make sense and they're not going to call you out on it. Yes. It is a a defensive position for a big game ad to take okay, uh, because they are saying our listen it doesn't make sense the naming but right we, we go with it. Yeah, they're like winking at you. They're like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, We get it doesn't make sense. But also, here's Greg from Succession biting into a sponge. It was great. I yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, there was a little thing at the bottom, because you have to keep people from drinking bleach, uh, that was like uh, real actors with prop food. Uh, <laughs> and my question is, how did they make eating diapers and sponges look so possible and delicious? That's the movie magic, you know? That's what happens when you have to use practical effects. I really want to find these sponges you can eat. I'm sure they don't taste like anything. I'm sure it's kind of like edible paper or something like that. Yeah, they maybe also just gave them a sponge, because, like, you're not going to get hurt by chewing into a sponge. Yeah, they didn't show him swallowing the sponge. I, th- I think, like, he took it out. He's like, this isn't food. But I also want to chug dish soap. Uh, I feel like, okay, in the hypothetical, note, hypothetical world that we could chug dish soap, I think it would be like trying to, like, chug syrup out of the bottle. Oh, I do it every day. Oh, okay. I do it every day. Uh, Not every day, you know. We run out of syrup pretty quickly, but when I can. Right. Uh, So, yeah, that one was a clear... Clear touchdown from clear touchdown, you know. memorable, clean. Yeah, very clean. Yeah, that was like a bomb from like the forty yard line. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Clean, but both feet on the ground. Didn't yeah. even have to jump up to catch it. Yeah, just right into the fingers. Yeah, very clean. I have to disagree with this this grading list from Kellogg School or whatever because they put meta as a B. Hold on, before we get to the B's, we do have to talk about one. What? No, that's like an S. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we. it is the, the S-tier commercial. If we don't talk yeah. about it now, we'll forget to talk about it later. All right. This is the one I alluded to earlier that wasn't really, I think it is at least, that, that wasn't actually a commercial, right? It was a commercial, kind it, of. Honestly... So it's the equivalent of putting a flyer up on the world's most expensive telephone pole. It's really, I gotta say what Coinbase did 
was really ballsy and weird, and it spoke directly to my demographic. And it was highly successful. Yeah. So successful, in fact, that they took the the, the response, took the site offline. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you you have a room full of people. You you will never get an audience for a QR code this big ever. Yeah. So they spent $16 million as a figure that I saw somewhere uh, to basically bounce a QR code around the screen like a DVD screensaver. And the the QR code led to like signing up for their site to get $15 worth of Bitcoin and to enter into a contest to win like a million dollars worth of Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah. And the response was so huge that they just took their site offline because they did no preparation for receiving that amount of traffic during the, the years, one of the year's biggest live events. (laughs) And I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect ad i think because it's jarring first of all like when it first happens you think something's wrong (laughs) it's just a weird qr code box with this shrill kind of unenjoyable music that's quickly bouncing from corner to corner uh etching out the pattern of a dvd menu that's just about to hit the upper right corner which we all hope for just had so much going on yeah, honestly. It, it had so much going on, it had so little going on, which is what why it was perfect. It, it reminds me of um, a, a little camp, a local campaign that happened a couple of years ago uh, from the company that brought brings you uh, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, they, they realized they could buy a local Super Bowl ad for pennies on the dollar for them because they're wi- wild, wildly successful. And uh, they ran a 30-second ad of just just a potato in a light box mm-hmm. with no wordage or anything. And then uh, after they ran the ad, they wrote up a case study about why their marketing campaign failed, citing reasons such as, well, we probably should have mentioned the product. <laughs> I, so I, I love the people behind Cards Against Humanity. I really do. It, the the move by Coinbase had real that energy um, only tied to a real product. And, and just think of the overhead they saved. All they had to do was pay the one person probably whose job it was to animate the the QR code bouncing in the pattern of a DVD you know, screensaver. They didn't have to pay celebrities. They didn't have to pay for production or cameras or lights or anything like that. They didn't even have to pay for maintenance to their website because why would they do that? Yeah, because it went down, obviously. I mean, it. you alluded to it earlier, but like, it feels like the Oatly ad from the big game. I'm really trying. From the big game uh, one to two years ago. Uh, because for, right. for the Oatly ad... Oatly's site got a ton of traffic because people were just like, what the fuck was that? Right, exactly. 
Uh, they made a bad commercial on purpose to make people go like, what the fuck was that? And then they got a lot of traffic out of it and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I started drinking oat milk. I'm off Oatly uh, specifically because the, the local brand is, is just as good. Uh, but that turned me on to oat, oat, uh, oat milk, ultimately. I mean, oat milk's great. Better for the environment than pretty much any other kind of milk. And uh, yeah, Oatly really got its lunch eaten by a lot yeah. of brands pretty quickly. There was a time when there were like a couple oat milks and they all tasted like slimy trash and Oatly was the only good one. But uh, that code has been cracked and now most oat milks are as good, if not better, than Oatly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Taste brown. Taste brown, dude. <laughs> Taste brown. I don't know. You make that all, the slogan. Taste brown, dude. All oat milks have just a little shade of brown in them. Yeah, it's a little brown, but it's really good with cereal. Yeah, it is. All right. I mean, other things on this list are, are pretty good. I'm, I don't know. Like, as much as I'm going to trust a commercial at face value, apparently, and, and like the, the claims they made were just a little I feel like there needed to be some asterisks by them but Google Pixel 6 allegedly is like the the first camera to ever to really be able to capture uh darker skin tones on people okay so that commercial was okay I guess yeah I mean it makes me want a Pixel 6 because the only reason why I keep my old Pixel hanging around is the camera is so good even if yeah, it does camera- use Google's weird uh, deep mind technology to actually analyze your pictures and then fill in the blanks in a way that you don't notice yeah the cameras are good the technology behind it is good but I also like some some lighting can help any situation and it has nothing to do with the camera. Yeah. So like, e- even if you were taking those pictures with a, a Google pixel, it's just like, yeah, but also like how, how many lights are we not seeing to get these results? Yeah. Those, like, those pictures are professionally staged. Exactly. Like don't pretend this is a point and shoot operation. Like 80% of your user base is going to be dealing with, cause we're not out here with ring lights and stuff like that. Taking pictures, portraits, you know, or, or or snapping in the moment things. But I, I mean, I guess that was a good commercial. I don't know. I, it was fine. Also, we forgot we, we forgot to give a football rating to the Coinbase commercial. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's like beating uh, the Bengals in, in the big game. It's it's <laughs> so it's like winning the big game. I, I do think I genuinely have a comparison. It's like an intercept. Okay. So it's like. Fourth and ten, right? Okay. And then, so forth, they're close to the end zone, right? <laughs> At a fourth and ten? No. No. So it's like them being like, what, on like the ten yard line? Ten yard line. So they're close. It's the opposing, the opposing team is all other markers being on the ten yard line and Coinbase is on the defense and they intercept a pass and run it all the way back to the other end zone. Okay. Is that a thing that can happen in football? It is. It is. It is a thing that can happen in football. Yeah. Uh, That's what so they really, did, Henry. A really long pick six. Gotcha. Yeah, it was the best pick six. Yeah, like a 90-yard pick six. 90-yard pick six. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 
it's really it, exciting. It's incredible. It, yeah, to see that happen yeah. would be really incredible. That's why you're excited for Coinbase. Crypto. Yeah, that was a real that was a real home run. Real home run. Real point after touchdown. Why was crypto everywhere? Um <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, let's move Because on it's a money lives. laundering scheme for rich people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've watched a little documentary called Line Goes Up, um, The Trouble with NFTs uh, by Folded Mind. And uh, I, I, I realized that any time cryptocurrencies make it into the national news, people get interested in And that just may, means people are more willing to buy in. And cryptocurrencies and NFTs, for a large part, are just a bigger fool game where you just need to find a bigger fool. I mean, the, the issue that I have with cryptos and NFTs, particularly cryptos, the barrier for NFTs is still pretty high in terms of like both personal education that you have to get about how to purchase NFTs and also the price. Uh, I don't yeah. think that most people are breaking into NFTs, but places like Coinbase, which by the way, in terms of places to buy cryptocurrency, Coinbase actually kind of sucks. Um but, oh, yeah, we're not talking about the products here. Yeah, no, the commercial was great. Coinbase kind of sucks as a thing. Um, yeah. As a lot of these companies suck as a thing. Um, but yes, I, I agree with the bigger fool problem. I think that what cryptocurrency exchanges have been doing for the last three years is just trying to get people in the door so they can start effectively betting with their money to benefit people who do hold a lot of this. Yeah, uh, it's it's almost like a pump and dump scheme every time they put one of these out. But I think the most insidious thing is all of this crypto marketing, especially during the big game, is focused almost entirely on this like ephemeral fear of missing out. Like, oh, what are you missing out on by not investing in crypto, you toad? Yeah, I, I mean, two weeks ago or, or, you know, somewhere on the timeline earlier before this moment, Coinbase also shelled out a lot of money to get Matt Damon to basically make you have FOMO for not using cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's all based on that sort of thing. And it's, it's classic scam talk, too, because a lot of the messaging around smaller crypto exchanges is like everyone else is getting in on it and getting rich. Why aren't you? Right. And if that were true, they wouldn't be advertising it. They would be keeping it secret so they could get more rich. But again, they need more fools to buy in so that they can offload their, this is strictly NFTs. They can offload their NFTs to bigger fools. Yeah. I mean, look, these people just have the kindness of their heart are trying to teach you how to get rich just like them. That's never been the messaging behind any scheme or scam before. Yeah. Never in the history has someone became became rich and they're like, now I'm going to tell you how to be rich without charging you for it. It's a difficult position for me to be in because I want to be clear that I don't think that cryptocurrency is a scam. I I, I don't. And I don't think that NFTs crypto... NFTs are. I, yes. Uh, I think NFTs are absolutely a scam. Uh, and I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with the concept of a cryptocurrency. Is there something difficult with like uh, an exponentially compounding complex cryptocurrency that requires exponentially increased compute? 
uh, yeah, that's maybe not ethical. But I think that like the idea of cryptocurrency is not necessarily a bad one because it does decentralize money systems and allow people to do things like transfer money instantaneously and free of fees to their family in other countries. Uh, the way we're using it, though, thousand percent a scam. Right. Because cryptocurrencies largely are just used to mint and buy NFTs. It's very silly. Yeah. Let's move off this. Cryptocurrency sucks. Cryptocurrency is good. The way we use it well, is bad. In its current state, it sucks. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would agree. And, and on that note, there was, I think it was E-Trade. Yeah, E-Trade. You remember E-Trade from like a decade ago? They had all those all those commercials of a talking baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they brought him back. Oh, they brought back the baby. I, I think the messaging in this is interesting because there was this resurgence of the retail investor during 2020 and 2021 with like GameStop and AMC or whatever. Uh, so now it's just cool to talk about people are getting their investing advice from memes. The, so the 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 baby is doing the classic like action movie thing like you know I you know I retired from that life, but when the baby finds out that people are getting advice from memes, he's like, oh god, now I'm in. It's just like, but wait, like people got really rich off of the memes. Yeah, people. Some people got quite rich off of the memes. I mean, to a certain extent, it is kind of gambling, and I don't think that it's advisable. Uh, but it, it is a certain line that like trad investment firms are taking where they're like very anti meme stock and they're like making their marketing primarily about that. It's it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's just like, OK, so your response to like this not communal because that's illegal, but like this kind of community based uh, trading that that kind of happened. I don't know how to say this where the like the IRS and the, the SEC doesn't immediately swarm them, but like this community that all happened to like the same stock uh, and they all kind of benefited from it is to double down on the old institutional ways of trading and like returning to messaging and a mascot from years ago when you guys were king. So basically what you're saying is you're not going to think new at all. Yeah, no. And so there's no reason to go with you. Listen, get your a, 401k a match, put a little bit of money in savings, and you'll be a millionaire. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very old thinking. But, you know, it's it's not like E-Trade has ever had, like, multiple offices overseas shut down for illegal trading or anything. E-Trade's a cool company. Yeah, cool. They got babies that talk or whatever. They got babies know. that talk and offices in the Philippines that trade illegally. Yeah, it's great. E-Trade. E-Trade. Uh, for all your illegal trading needs. Yes, and babies. Yeah, so th that, that was a fumble in my book. Yeah, baby fumble. Baby fumble. The baby fumbled the ball. Uh, okay, so let's just get this out of the way and lump them all together. Any light beer commercial was a fumble. Any light beer commercial, any seltzer commercial, I believe, yeah. was all just those... kind of the same, like, 
I don't know if this is just me getting old or whatever, but all the messaging around alcohol that's like, this is the way you live your life. Look at all these people having fun, unrelated to drinking, and the drinks are just around. It's all just kind of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And they're all like, you got to earn the beer or whatever. Like, it's only tastes good if you earn it or something like that. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's uh, it's only worth it if you like it. <laughs> Oh, that's worse. Which is a, a <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> we can spend an hour dissecting. <laughs> or, it's only worth it if you like or it. Or it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But they they were all very subdued, subdued, I guess. They were all very kind of just like mellow and non-threatening. And the people who are advertising these seltzers and these light beers and such – it's like they don't know who the audience is because for 90 years when you advertised beer, it was for men. And now it's just like, oh, wait, women also want to drink beer? What the fuck do we do? Yeah, we used what, to lean very fu- heavily <laughs> on how male beer was. Now we're like, um, life is good. Yeah, so now it's just like this kind of like milk toast generic, like it's almost like a pharmaceutical commercial B-roll where it's just like people living their life while somebody narrates about the product. And then like at the end, it's like, you know, Michelob Ultra. <laughs> I, I think it was Michelob Ultra that did this, but I think one of my favorite like beer things of the past few years was this like thing where they were trying to rebrand Michelob Ultra as like a fitness beer like it would show people oh, yeah. like doing CrossFit and then drinking a Michelob Ultra right exactly yeah I love it I it I think fascinating in general alcohol advertising is really interesting to me because out of all products alcohol is the one that like has the fewest contours to navigate like alcohol is a very simple thing like it makes you less anxious makes you kind of silly <laughs> Don't drink too much because it's poison. And it's it's been around almost as long as human civilization. And the number of ways they've had to arrange marketing around don't drink too much of the silly poison, but the yeah. right amount of the silly poison makes you feel good. Right. It's really, it's uh, interesting to me. Well, a very noticeable exception was that there was no... M- I like, you got to break the Budweiser campaigns down into three. You got your help, your seltzer, you got your Clydesdale and golden retriever one. And usually you have a mainstay Budweiser commercial. A dilly dilly, except a dilly dilly. Yeah. I think that campaign is finally dead and gone. Yes. Um, but yeah, but, but uh, something in that vein for sure. And what was noticeably absent this year was there was no real like, Budweiser beer commercial. Yeah, there's no like uh no cornerstone of Budweiser advertising. You have the Clydesdale ad. And, and even that one was very sort of played down and kind of rushed, and it just showed like a horse getting hurt and then a horse kind of getting better and running again. And then like the message was kind of like, we'll never be counted out or like don't stop when you're down it was like and a, then it, america down but never out or something yeah it's just like um what uh that commercial i feel like you could spend a lot of time dissecting because i don't really know what it means so 
there's always this uh, this dichotomy is what advertising means and how advertising feels. And yeah. I don't know why, but that advertisement felt MAGA to me. <laughs> it felt it felt strangely right wing to me. It did not feel good. Yeah, I, I didn't know I, there were implications there that I didn't want to read into because I felt like if I read into them, then I'm creating a problem where maybe there wasn't one. It was like too silent of a maybe dog whistle. But then again, like if by calling it that, is that instigating the problem when they're just trying to say like the economy's bad right now? But then they still spent $16 million or whatever to say that. It's just, it was really weird. It wasn't as yeah. uplifting as those Clydesdale commercials usually are. Yeah, it was not very uplifting. The horse's name is Brandon. Um, oh, so, let's go. Yeah, it was carved into his mane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I must have missed that. I blinked. Yeah, the dog's name is Joe Biden. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he's put down after the after the ad. Yeah, so that one was a real like what the heck were they going for there? So what what's that in football terms, John? It's like the ball so they have the ball at the line of scrimmage. Okay. And then they throw it into the audience because they think that they're football players. They didn't know what they were doing. Right. Yes, they were like, "Hey, um audience do you want to play <laughs> or it's like they're they're planning right so the oh wait the quarterback what <laughs> there was a bud light there was a but a main stage budweiser commercial what was it but bud light next oh that one is that the mainstay it has to be right isn't that a seltzer uh, I think it's a, it's a, it contains zero carbs. I fucking hate this. I hate this world. But it also incorporated a token from the Bud Light NFT collection. Great. And a musical performance that takes place in the metaverse. Oh, great. So that's why I forgot it, because it incorporates things I hate. Oh, that's the worst one. That's the worst yeah. possible one. That's a real fumble and then the ball gets popped yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh and then, the, they fumble and then they step on the ball and then the ball pops and it pops so loud the entire team pees their pants yeah that's so yeah that's the worst thing that can happen in football yeah and then the uh the jumbotron just says they're scared <laughs> <laughs> and it's the it's the home team too and it's like why would they why would they do that to and us? then they run off the field and then the jumbotron says and racism uh, <laughs> and racism oh uh, I don't know if there's any more commercials worth talking about. Disney Plus, Goats and Aquafina. <laughs> Who cares? That was pretty fun, I guess. That I was fun. Irish Spring, Soap Smells Bad. Kia EV6. What? I use Irish Spring. I don't know. I, I personally don't. It's like Irish Spring and Zest. They're the two soaps that I cannot stand the smell of. Yeah, well, that's why you hate me, I guess. I cannot stand to be around you. Uh, Kia EV6, the little Ibo dog. 
Oh, that was pretty fun. That was, that was all right. Oh, there's a commercial we absolutely need to talk about. Tell me. The meta commercial. I It was bad. It was bad, but I feel like there's a lot one can read into it that I feel like maybe they didn't intend. Okay. So, so to quickly just go through it, uh, a, a Chuck E. Cheese or Fet- Freddy Fazbear-esque character gets retired, like an animatronic, gets retired, finds a new life as like a science museum sign pointer, but then ultimately ends up getting uploaded to the metaverse and living a whole new life as a celebrity avatar and a, a metaverse version of the, the same restaurant he used to play gigs at and everyone claps and celebrates and it just made me want to shoot myself in the head. I feel like my read into it is not charitable, obviously. And it's pretty grim. I feel like... And maybe it's just some pastiche that they're throwing together and they didn't really think about it. But I almost feel like it's meta saying for the metaverse that obviously this dog, this rock fire explosion Chuck E. Cheese dog, was having a good time, had a nice life out in the real world, and then eventually retired to a job that it hates or settled and then someone straps a VR headset on it. It does not choose to go into VR. <laughs> forced into VR. It is forced into VR to live its life of obsolescence in ignorance. We were talking about this uh, before the Super Bowl even began, that Michael Schur posits this idea that if you could suddenly become Rob Gronkowski, would you? Like, could you erase your humanity for for ignorance and pleasure and joy? Uh, and I, I think that that's what Meta is selling us. Like, your life is over. You've settled. You're not going to get into CrossFit like you thought you were. You're not going to get the 36-inch vertical leap. You're not going to better your body or your life or your job. Go to the metaverse. Who cares? Yeah, you don't even need legs. You don't even need legs. Legs aren't even optional. (laughs) I don't get that part. Why is everyone a floating torso? Legs are really, really, really hard to animate. (laughs) Wow. So it's, it's a worse, even worse second life. Yes, it is a significantly worse Second Life. I just disagree with everything that Meta stands for and is and wants to be. And the commercial just filled me with utter confusion. Not uh, I understood the concept and the premise. Utter confusion of why anyone thinks this is a good idea. I just worry. I don't know if I'm becoming like a techno-Luddite conspiracy theorist or whatever. But I just worry that this VR thing isn't like a fun game you can do, but genuinely people offering something that can supplant striving, achieving, and engaging with life. Yeah. And Um, that scares me a lot, and this advertisement seemed to say that pretty pretty unequivocally. 
There's there's already a shitty version of surrogates, and it stars Bruce Willis. We don't need another shitty version of surrogates. We don't. We need Demolition Man, where people live their lives, and the only time they put the headsets on is when they do it. (laughs) And Taco Bell won the... Yes. Fast food wars. I cannot wait to live in the Demolition Man universe where all the food is Taco Bell and everyone has VR doing it. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> that's, Fascinating. That's, that's what I need in my life. Gonna psychoanalyze that for a minute. Oh. I just like Taco Bell. <laughs> There's nothing more to read into it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I just... If this is where the zeitgeist is headed, like that one poster on Reddit uh, suggested, I think we're in for a really rough transition. (laughs) It's going to be a rough few years. Because already, like, the boomers are already not on board with anything that happened. Like, my boomer boss was, like, complaining that he just, he couldn't understand any of the commercials. And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) If like they're already out and if we're not on board too, then it's just like, who is, who's, who is this for? Yeah. I mean, it, it might be for the bigger fool. There might be an entire subset of, uh, various generations, an entire cohort that is sold whole hog on this bullshit. Yeah. It, it very well might be that all I know is watching the commercials this year did not bring me much joy other than seeing a sloth very quickly scuttle up a tree holding a bag of Doritos. I gotta say, I am reading this article looking through the ads. I'm like, man, what was the Pringles commercial? And I look to the right and the autoplay video says, Russian invasion remains distinctly possible. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was about. Dark times. The Pringles commercial was actually pretty good. Um, it was getting stuck in the canister. Yes. And then the canister just staying there the entirety of the guy's life. I just always love a big game commercial that's a memento mori. Yeah. Remember death. Remember the Russian invasion is still very much a possibility. Oh, what countries will take me? Yeah. And then we saw, well, there was a number of movie trailers we didn't, really talk about but like apparently there's another jurassic world another jurassic world that i'm somewhat excited about just because i like sam neill and laura dern getting work yeah there's a moon knight show coming to the netflix i'm disappointed it's a show i think it's gonna be neat i don't know i don't know i just haven't liked well i haven't liked whole cloth many marvel things in a while so i don't know they're good episodes of some things yeah um, and then, I don't know, there are other things. We're, we're glossing over a lot. The Nope uh, trailer was great. Nope trailer was really exciting and like, oh my god, like... Terribly unnerving. Yeah. Um, Zendaya sells seashells or something. That one was very innocuous. Uh, a lot of reunions. A lot of reunions we haven't talked about. Um, a Sopranos reunion mm-hmm. for some type of car. Uh, uh, Austin Powers, but only the evil side reunion for GM, I think. I mean, I like Mike Myers getting paid, but that ad did suck. That ad was pretty terrible. Um, no one's talking about it, but uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison got together. To that I was great. Think- 
that one did genuinely make me feel good. Yeah, I think they were talking about internet. Some type of internet. They were talking about NFTs. Okay, cool. I missed it uh, again. Uh, um, Who is Zach Braff married to again? He's not married to anyone, but he is Florence Pugh's boyfriend. Ugh. Yeah. He's like 80. And she's like 26. Ugh. That's gross. One of my favorite reductions. No! Okay, so both stars of Black Widow are either dating or married to uh, undeserving white dudes. I don't know what to tell you. I just hate it. People are free to live their own lives. Not if I have anything to say about it. (laughs) One of my favorite reductress articles, if you're familiar with the periodical, uh, they're highly satirical, uh, is a how-to article that's like how to stop worrying about Florence Pugh explaining memes to Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just a headline, but it's just like, oh my god, it's so funny. I'm just saying no one will live their life if I have anything to say about it. Because I will force them all into the metaverse and Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh will have to marry me, king of the metaverse, Mark Zuckerberg. I thought he was married. Not in the metaverse. (laughs) That's why. It's like King Henry VIII. He found the loophole. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get the the meta-Anglican church. Yeah, it's just every production meeting. He's like pushing the teams to go, f- you know, faster and faster. <laughs> They're like, like, yeah, we we hit some pretty significant like technical blockers this week. We're having a like a little bit of a data issue. Uh, we've got some like free string issues in the chat, and he's like, yes, but if you're married in the real world, you're not married in the metaverse. They're like, we're not. <laughs> Really talking about this, like, yeah, but if you're married, if look, it's a different look, world. <laughs> look, guys, the metaverse is just as real as ours. Is it not? Can we not agree on that? Can we not and, agree and if it's we different? If it's it's different, we're creating it. And so the laws there and the, the contractual agreements we signed there – or here, don't apply over <laughs> there. So we gotta make it. I gotta be there. I want to look. Colin Jones <laughs> is married to Scarlett Johansson, and that doesn't make sense in our world. So we gotta make. We a gotta new make world. a world where it, they release a change log for Meta version like point. 8.2 and it's like marriages in the real world no longer count <laughs> and the- yeah patch notes <laughs> nullified all real world marriages someone walks into like the meta like 3d rigging stand up they're like we finally got uh legs to work so now there's like full-bodied avatars in the metaverse and mark zuckerberg is like but if you have legs can people take unflattering pictures of your weird legs and strangely big butt on a surfboard <laughs> I've got if you're wearing a lot of here. sunscreen and you have weird legs can people take a picture of them in the metaverse we gotta take them out 
It t- yeah, it turns out the team like they they nailed legs first. <laughs> yeah, they have they have one to one really perfect articulate legs. They really work- nailed IK on legs, which is a really hard thing to do. And he's like, yeah. take the legs out. It, it's better than like Alex by Valve on the index. Yeah. Like it's better than their leg technology. And he saw it and he was like, take it out. <laughs> I don't want pictures of my legs. (laughs) I don't want anyone to take pictures of my legs. And hypothetically, if I didn't (laughs) want to be married to my charity wife. (laughs) Oh, God. You can't call her a charity No, she's very involved in charities. That's what I meant. It makes it sound like she was (laughs) given to him by a charity. I realize that Hey, Hey, Mark Zuckerberg, like, we really appreciate... (laughs) Your work with us, you know, we're water for all. Please look, look, we're, you're, you've been so nice. Take this token of our appreciation. It's a wife. <laughs> Have a wife. Have a wife. And uh, if you get married to her here and the metaverse, you're still free. <laughs> it's a, it's a get out of marriage free, but only in the metaverse card. Oh, now see if that were the commercial, I, I would be more excited. It would be I good. Think. It would show that they're completely stupid, and at least they're willing to admit that nationally. And, it, you know, just to be clear, Priscilla Chan is great and very charitable. Oh, yeah, no. None of this, none of that was based in any realm of reality. Yeah, I just want my characterization of Charity Wife to not be misconstrued. I gotcha. Oh, I just am tired of what seems to be making up the current zeitgeist. Not that there can be a current zeitgeist. Like, that's not how it works. It's an ever-evolving, flowing, sort of nebulous thing. But it seems like NFTs and light beers and metaverses, it's just like, can we skip to the cool part of the future? Because this seems like the proto-annoying part of the future. I, I don't want to read too much into any of this, but like, remember how everyone kind of hated hipsters in the early 2000s? Because hipsters would do things like they they revitalized like barber shops, and they got a lot of tattoos, and they bought a lot of vintage clothes. And I think a lot of that was like a an identity crisis spurred on by the early 2000s, and the like increasing move to like digital engagement or it was a a search for authenticity, right? Like you want like tattoos and boots and pants and you want like all these trappings of like authenticity and manliness or femininity or whatever, because like your life is being put in this box. And I feel like that is starting to recede. And for some reason, the crisis we find ourselves in now is a crisis of simulation. Like, Hard seltzers are simulations of actually enjoyable alcoholic beverages. Uh, Bud Light Next is a simulation of Bud Light. Metaverse is a is a simulation. NFTs are simulations of ownership. Like, how did we not learn from the hipsters? And now we're actually just diving headlong into this like crisis of total unreality. Yeah, yeah. It, it turns out hipsters were the last bastion against. A completely simulated existence. I don't uh, think you're wrong. <laughs> I, I think yeah. we hate it on hipsters, but I think they were kind of right. 
I just wish the technology that were that is becoming dominant was cooler, you know? We're, <laughs> yeah, we're it se- fucking sucks ass. Have you seen the art direction on Meta? It's stupid. Yeah. We're settling for what is ostensibly a worse second life, which was already dated when it debuted 10 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, we're, we're, we're settling for the minion-fied version of everything that could be cool about the cyberpunk future. Right. Exactly. It, I did. I never knew we were going to end up in, yeah, the Illumination version of cyberpunk. Yeah, the... I, it's it's truly ridiculous. We're in the secret life of pets slash neuromancer. Yeah, the secret life of neuromancers. The secret life of neuromancers. Yeah. Uh, well, look, it's not often covered in sci-fi novels, but I'm sure every far-flung future uh, fictionalization had a rough transitionary period where people were like, this was cool enough to make our whole shit. Yeah, I'm sure there was a rough part in Dune where people were like, yeah, we're going to get really, really into technology and then we're going to abandon that completely because what's better than just weaponizing your own brain to be the technology? That's right. I'm talking about Mintats. I mean, we are actually talking about something that's central to the lore of Dune and might actually be what we need, which is a Butlerian Jihad. Oh, just like a, an uprising against all that is like sort of like machine and technomancy. Yeah, all thinking machines were destroyed in the Butlerian Jihad. Yeah, exactly. So and that's, that's what why, we need. That's why we had to. They had to make the mind the the strongest computer there is with mentatism. Yeah, breed people to be computers. Isn't that better? <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's, is it. It's kind of eugenicy. <laughs> I mean, Dune has a lot of eugenics in it. Yeah. All right. Look, Dune's the big good. game commercials this year. Dune's good. Dune's good. The big game commercials this year fell flat a little bit overall. There were some good standouts, but overall, try better. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fumbles and jumbles. Yeah, the ones that were good were good, but the one, the ones that were mediocre were kind of just bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say. 80% of the commercials were borderline unwatchable. Yeah. 75%. I don't even really remember even looking at a list of what product was being sold. Can't remember what was going on in the commercial. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is Caesar's sports book? Uh, that was the one with JB smooth. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, I love JB yeah. smooth, but. That that was a cap on a, a year long campaign because sports betting is is legal in like an absurd number of uh, states now. Uh, so Caesars, being one of the biggest sports books in the nation, kind of capitalized. They're real big. They they got the naming rights to the New Orleans Superdome for like the next forty years. Uh, and so th- that was the whole cap off of that campaign. Apparently, was a sit down dinner. With the Manning family, with like Eli Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, and even their dad, Archie Manning, who was the quarterback of the Saints for some odd years, kind of back in the day. But outside of New Orleans, I don't know if people would care. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I I clearly didn't care. I like me some J.B. Smooth, but like, I don't know. The whole commercial was kind of like, what? Yeah, I feel like uh, J.B. Smooth is like, 
if you have a role to fill and you don't really know, you just gotta bring him in because he'll yeah. definitely make it better than whatever you're thinking it is. Yeah, he will elevate whatever role he's in, even if that role is just like generic, supposed to be Caesar type. Yeah, and they did the same thing in the Spider-Man movies. Just put him, just put him or Hannibal Burris in anything, and they'll just kind of yeah. make it better. Absolutely, for sure. But I think that wraps wraps up our our little discussion here of the uh, the um the big game commercials, as where we're standing now. And all we can do is hope that the future is a little bit better and brighter. I mean, if this if the big game almost did it, if the big game commercials are any indication, that won't be the case. But keep in mind, this is a little tip. To you, from John here at Zero Credits, you can always embrace tradition and reject modernity. It's always a choice. And uh, go live in a fucking live in a fucking hut, you fucking idiot. I'm gonna be in the metaverse, no legs, baby. And if you want, <laughs> if you want to join me in the sweet, sweet, uh, no legs future, we can do social media now, right? Yeah, yeah. We, I've I, never I, I asked mean, permission we, before. We can also. Just briefly, it's like, hey, we could do that after, I guess. Do the social media. We'll, we'll handle it. If you want legs, too bad. They're not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you want to complain about uh, lack of legs, lack of love, LOL, that's a game on the Dreamcast. You're a little, you're a little bug. It's a Japanese art game. You can send us a tweet at ZCPCWHJ. On Twitter.com, that stands for Henry. Oh, that stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry and John. Wow, you can tell he's very tired. If you want to <laughs> send us an email, I'm being fed an ad for Star Trek Prodigy on Nickelodeon. What's going on? <laughs> if you want to send us an email, you can send one of those motherfuckers to <laughs> email. What the? At zerocredits.net. I just re-upped the wallet on our domain name, so we'll have it for another few months. Uh, <laughs> we are on we are on all the all the fucking podcast things. We're on all of them. We're on Podchaser Good Pods. We're not on Stitcher, I don't think. We're not. Stitcher's a whole thing. But we're on all of them. If you're listening to them, you found one of them there, but why don't you find them somewhere else? Or if you have a family or friend that uses some other uh, some other podcast thing, tell them we're on it. Like Apple Podcasts is a good place where people with the phones with the cameras that aren't as good as the Google Pixels can be. Uh, and I'm sure iPhones have something going on for them. You get um, blue messages, green messages. Your messages are a different color. You get a little animated face, but everyone will be a little animated face in the metaverse. And speaking of the metaverse, the opposite of the metaverse is the... Here we are. <laughs> the what is happening to you? The opposite of the metaverse is the world we live in right now so whether it be here or in the metaverse what you need to do is talk to people um face to face uh or no legs to no legs depending on your choice and tell them that the zero creds podcast has changed your life and told you all you need to know about the big game uh because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so just keep in mind if you tell your wife in real life 
you do have to tell your metaverse wife because the marriages are separate. That's right. That's absolutely correct. And this was the end of season five and the kicking off of season six of Zero Credits. So stay tuned, everyone, because we got a lot of cool things coming up to talk about to do. We got supplemental readings that have been promised and not delivered. We have a whole series to catch up on. That's right. Fast and Furious Spy Racers. We have not forgotten. <laughs> yes. No, nor should you ever forget. But we've got things cooking up. We've got stuff coming. We're going to do what we do every day, but better. That's right. We're taking our own advice. This, I'm going to say it now. Episode 250 is the worst episode of Zero Credits we've ever done because the next episode's going to be better and the episode after that's going to be better than that episode. It's only getting better from here. (laughs) We're going to make this episode look like shit. Don't you mean that can't be true because wouldn't the episode that preceded 250, 249 be worse or or was one our best and then we got worse and at 250 we ladder back up? I, did, I, was, I was trying to like tap into some weird like grind culture where it's like the thing you just finished is the worst thing you've ever done. So <laughs> yes. you got to try harder to do better because then the next thing you're, you're, you're doing is going to be the best thing you've ever done. I don't know. If I won the lottery and they gave me $200 million and I said, give it to my <laughs> hater so that I will yeah. <laughs> earn $201 million because the hustle and the grind and the mindset. Exactly. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about coming up, such as, did you know, John, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog got, just got greenlit for a third movie and a Knuckles spinoff. They're making a whole connected universe. Star Trek's going to get a fourth movie with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto coming out. There's going to be a Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers f- uh, something or other on Disney Plus with Andy Samberg. And uh, what's his fuck? John Mulaney. The, the, the amount of things that have been announced today that are coming out soon, it looks like movies and television are finally waking up from this long, long sleep we've called the quarantine period. And we have nothing to do with our lives but watch it and tell you about it and dissect it in the name of trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. All we will do is watch season six. The Panopticon season of the Watchers. Is that what we're going with? Do I we have to make a whole new branding and like stuff? Season of the Panopticon. <laughs> yeah, season of the Panopticon. Eyes everywhere. We are leaning heavily into eyes for the sixth season of Zero Credits. The eyes have it. Oh, the eyes really have you. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. The eyes have you right here on Zero Credit. So I just want to say from everyone here at My Walls Are Full of Eyes Studios, we just want to say thank you, as always, for listening to Zero Credits. And please stay tuned because there's shit happening and we want to talk about it. Yeah, Excelsior, motherfucker. Goodbye and happy 250 episodes. Goodbye.
just 750 more episodes until we get to episode 1000. And then we can finally rest. Yes, we can <laughs> We can finally enter the long torpor after convincing our listeners over 1,000 episodes to blow up. Oh my god. Why are we recording this gold? Oh, we are recording this gold. 